today on a classic compassion radio. He asked God for help, and right away Jesus convicted him. I love you. You have to confess what you did. And he's thinking, Nick, they're going to kill me. But he just felt he had to. And he said, I don't think you can forgive me, but I just have to confess that I killed people of my own tribe. And I'm so sorry. And I, I feel Jesus forgives me, but you guys don't have to. And people looked at him and they forgave him. That was a miracle. And he was baptized. The first time I ever saw him smile when he came out of the water. Back with us today is one more segment with our good friend David Eubank of the Free Burma Rangers. And I'm so glad to have you back for one more day to talk about the work you've been doing for the past few months in Burma, someplace that's very close to your heart, very close to your base, but is full of challenge right now. David, welcome back to Compassion Radio. Thank you. And I love how you ask questions and also (laughs) encourage people to pray, man, because we're in this together. We're in this together. Thank you for your voice. So let's talk about Burma this time. It's not in the news here much, but there's big news and big challenges there. Yes, sir. Burma has been in a civil war for 72 years with a series of military dictators of the majority Burman ethnic group, which is about half the population, fighting against about 100 different groups, all of them smaller than the Burmans, but themselves comprising together almost half the population. On February the 1st, 2021, the dictator said, "Okay, that's enough of that experiment. They arrested anybody who'd been elected. And they launched new attacks against the ethnics. And what surprised the dictators, when they arrested the people, the Burman people themselves that live in the cities in the plains of Burma, the Burman people rose up and said, no, 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 no. We like that taste of democracy. We won't give it up. Hmm. Over 1,100 men, women, and children, Burmans, have been shot down in the streets of Burma now. Thousands have fled to join the ethnics in the mountains. The Burmans say this. Please forgive us, ethnic people, because all these 72 years that you fought, we didn't really think about you because it was our government against ethnic people. Now we know what it feels like to be oppressed by your own government. Please forgive us and help us. And the ethnics have accepted them and said, we forgive you. Join us because together we need each other for Burma, the Burmans and the ethnic minority. It sounds like a first real bridge then between the Burman people and anybody else who is not them. It's the first one I've ever seen, sir. I have never seen the unity that I feel today in Burma. You know, there's plenty of disunity still. There's plenty of people who don't trust and like each other. However, I've never seen this level of cooperation and unity and unity of purpose and humility to ask forgiveness. And that's a new thing and a wonderful thing. So what it meant for us, I was in Burma when it happened, and we were already helping about 4,000 displaced people. And when the Burma army increased their attack, we went up to 200,000 people hiding in the jungle. Wow. How are we going to feed them? Right. And then we had thousands fleeing the cities. How are we going to take care of them? And I remember in the jungle one morning just praying to God, God, we need a lot more money to take care of these people. I need more team members. Yeah. How can we handle this mass? And I felt God tell me this. The problem isn't money. The problem is, do you have wisdom to use what I've given you already? Hmm. And I thought, oh my gosh, I don't. I don't. Have I used every resource the best way? I don't think so. I mean, we haven't thrown it away or cheated or lied about it, but do we have enough wisdom to know how to really stretch these dollars out, these sacks of rice out? Who should get them? How do we get them there? I said, no, God, you're right. We don't have that wisdom. I'm not going to ask for any money. Just please give me the wisdom to use what you've given me. Time for loaves and fishes kind of prayers, huh? Yeah, I just said that prayer and I felt peace. Okay, we don't need any more money. I only need to do what you have me do. We're not God. We can't save everybody. Right. 
And as we prayed that, we found new ways to use our funds and more judicious ways. But then God gave us more funds, Hmm. not just us, but other groups as well. And we're able to reach out to most people who have been displaced and give them something, a month of rice, two weeks of rice, some blankets. And that's been wonderful. We have 100 ethnic relief teams in Burma working pretty much nonstop trying to give relief during these heightened attacks. Amazing. Because the coup that started one February that reinstated all the old powers and stripped every shred of democracy away has only grown in its attacks. The military keeps attacking more and more. Villages near us were bombed. They tried to bomb our training camp and missed. They hit the ridge right above us. The situation is worse than I've ever seen it in terms of attacks and displacement. However, there's more hope than I've ever seen. And there's more of a united front between the Burmans that are resisting the Burma government in the cities and the ethnics in the mountains. So I believe, I can't prove it, but I believe change is coming to Burma. Hmm. And the dictators will change their hearts or they're going to fall or run away or something. That's my prayer, and that's what I believe will happen. So you really are praying for a noble revolution. Yes, sir. What is the day-to-day work like for the Freedom Rangers in that country? Obviously, you took the name from the region because basically where the ethnic groups were that you raised up fighters to become missional in their work and save lives rather than taking them. But they do unique work there that they can do in cultures that are very similar to where they grew up. So what's unique about the work you do there compared to running off to Iraq or Syria or someplace else? Well, the men and women that join us is mostly men, but some women join also as Good Life Club counselors or as medics generally. These people are all local mountain people. They're like Davy Crockett and Daniel Boone. They're (laughs) tough. They're physically tough, walk all day, all night, catch fish with their bare hands, hunt with muskets, crossbows. (laughs) They're real woodsmen. So you don't need to train them to do that, to live in the jungle. But the training we give them starts with spiritual, Hmm. which is you don't have to choose Jesus, but this is who Jesus is to us. We encourage people to pray and ask for help from God. And we ask them the question, who are you going to serve? Who is your God? Because you're going to have something. And then we talk about what we've experienced in God and how he changes our hearts and lives. And then we give medical training. We give video and media training to tell stories. We give dentistry training. We give meal packing and supply loading, swimming repelling, map making, Hmm. drawing, interviewing, all the skills that are needed to help people and get the news out in the jungle. And that's a three-month training. And after the training, we go on foot, maybe with some horses or villagers helping carry supplies or both, and we walk in the jungle to places that have been attacked. So a typical day would be wake up at dawn, let's say five or six in the morning, pack up all your backpacks, pack up the horses with relief supplies, gather together, eat real quick, a little bit of rice you've cooked in a pot over the fire, put the fire out, and then gather together and pray. Pray about what we're going to do today, ask for prayer requests. If we're not in a hurry, we can read some scripture and talk about it. If we're in a hurry because we're late to something, then it's, what are the prayer requests? Let's pray for them. And then we all say the Lord's Prayer together. And then off we go. Now you're walking 10 miles, 20, sometimes 30 miles up and down mountains, you probably got 40 to 50 pounds of supplies in your back. It's a pretty good workout. Mm-hmm. The mountains are not that high, seven to 8,000 feet at the highest, but you, the valleys are down at 1,000 feet or under, so you're going you know, four or 5,000 <laughs> feet up, up and four or 5,000 feet down. And it'd be kind of like walking in the Appalachians in the summer, Yeah, pretty hot. And then you walk and you end up at a village that's been displaced, so maybe it's burned. Part of the team will document with film and camera what's happened in the village. And then you'll find where the people are hiding. Maybe they're one mountain over in a ravine. You walk into there and pray with them. And then you'll say, hey, we're here to help. And we're really sorry what happened. Who wants to tell their story? And then people come up, oh, film me, film me. I want to tell what happened. 
and they'll tell you the story. And then we'll say, okay, tomorrow we're going to stay here with you tonight. And tomorrow we're going to have a food distribution, a medical clinic, a dental clinic, and a kid's program. So everybody in that valley who's been hiding will come, tell their stories. Kids will have a fun program to forget the war for a day. Hmm. We'll talk a lot about centering things on God so that our hearts are with him, not on what's bad's happened to us. We find out what food and maybe shelter needs they have. They need tarps because they lost their home. They need bedding. They need food. And we'll put a request in that may take another two weeks to come by horse and mule. And in the meantime, whatever we have on our hands, we give them. Hmm. And we run a medical clinic. Maybe someone was shot when they fled or they had malaria or they got to give birth to a baby now. Mm -hmm. And we run a dental clinic and my wife and kids and other rangers run a kids program called the Good Life Club. And that's like outdoor Sunday school. Hmm. So that'd be a typical day and spend the night, maybe do it again the next day and then move to another area of need, mostly by foot. I'm trying to imagine having been through vacation Bible school as a kid, you probably did too with your ministry family, going to a summer camp to learn about the word and have activities and have it in the middle of a mash unit and a relief supplies distribution and all that stuff happening all simultaneously. You would put a whole new level of sensation on what was happening there. And these people are seeing in your eyes and your hands the entire world coming to their rescue and giving them not just a little bit of diversion, but a real connection with people they never would have met before had God not allowed them to show up to help them in their hour of need. So it is one of those windows that only God can orchestrate those kind of divine appointments. Let me ask you about the supernatural part of it. You challenge the people, whether they subscribe to Christianity as a religion or not, you tell them, go ahead and ask God for something and see what he'll do. Tell me a story about somebody who did that and how God answered. Well, one guy, he's actually in the film. He was an ethnic Karen tribal guy who ran away from home and ended up being forced in the Burma army. And then when he joined the Burma army, he became a pretty bad guy. And he went out on attacks against his own people with the Burma army and killed them. Hmm. And then he got sick of that and sick of himself. He ran away and he found us and he didn't tell us what he'd done. He just said, I want to work in relief. But as he was working with us and we're talking about praying to God, he asked God for help. And right away, Jesus convicted him. I love you. You have to confess what you did. And he's thinking, Nick, they're going to kill me if I confess what I did to our group. Mm. But he just felt he had to. And he said, I don't think you can forgive me, but I just have to confess that I killed people of my own tribe. And I'm so sorry. And I, I feel Jesus forgives me, but you guys don't have to. People looked at him, and they forgave him. And that was a miracle, and he was baptized. At first time I ever saw him smile when he came out of the water. You know, that was one. And then we have, oh, so many, someone's bitten by a snake. They think they're dying. He's a Buddhist. And I said, hey, man, I don't know, but you can ask Jesus to help you. And I think you should right now, because you're going to die of the snake bite, maybe. And if you don't, you need Jesus. And he goes, but I said, it's up to you. We're going to treat you anyway. But man, if I was you, I'd be praying. And he goes, oh, okay, Jesus, please help me. And he was healed. The next day he could walk on crutches because it was a bamboo viper, mm. but he was healed. Yeah. And we baptized him later. We've had many cases where the Burma Army's all around us and closing in on us. And we prayed. We prayed in Jesus' name for a way out. And then they got lost. They walked right by us. Mm. They had us totally surrounded. And we had a way out. And so we've had those happen many, many times. You know, one time... We had the Burma Army closing in on us, and one of my team members said, I had a dream last night. In my dream, it was a rampaging elephant that had broke its chain, and it was killing everyone around it. It was coming for us. And I feel that Satan, and it represents also the Burma Army, and we need to pray against it. So we all stood there and prayed that day. Nothing happened that day. We were still surrounded, but they hadn't found us. 
The next night, we found out the Burma army has stopped moving and there was a gap we could walk through. And my team member who'd had the dream the night before said, I dreamed again about that same rampaging elephant. But this time there were chains on every leg and he was chained firmly to trees and he could not move. Mm. And God was telling me when I woke up, I've stopped him. You can move now. And we did. So we've had many of these experiences as we follow God. And it doesn't make us bulletproof or sin proof or anything. But when you know and when you're walking with God, he makes good out of no matter what happens. Friends, if prayer matters to God, it should matter to us. We're taking that to heart here at Compassion Radio, especially in what seems like very uncertain times. When we get up, we're praying for you. When we lay down at night, we're thanking God for you. I hope you'll pray and act with us for these things as well. Friends, I simply ask that you would keep giving so that we can give back to the world through our strategic ministry partners and to you with inspiring programming on this radio station and over the internet. Here's how. The first and best way to reach us is through our website. It's available 24-7. Our safe and secure order form there will get your gift to the places needed most and we'll do it right away. You can also support us with a call during Pacific Time business hours at 1-800-868-2478. That's 1-800-868-2478. You can also text COMPASSION to 53445 to give right through your phone no matter where you are. Of course, you can also put a stamp on an envelope and mail your gift to our Compassion Radio office, P.O. Box 2770, Orange, California, 92859. Again, that's P.O. Box 2770, Orange, California, 92859. However you give, we'd love to hear more about why you believe in Compassion Radio. We so much value your messages and letters. And know this, your gift is deeply appreciated. Thank you for loving us in this way. It makes you perfect for the circumstances you find yourself in. You have, not just by experience or perfecting yourselves, but you've allowed yourself to be present enough to say, God, do whatever you want with me for this time. Use whatever you want from me to help others. Because you made yourself available, God makes it perfect and makes it a perfect place for you to be. As strange as that may seem to those who can't imagine being in danger's way. You live a life there, and of course... Everybody else might say you're an adrenaline junkie, but it's a lot more than that. You have a a sense of God's presence that comes from having actually showed up, as you said in a previous program. And a lot of people, I think, want that kind of sense of presence, but they're not willing to pay a price, at least not a price that they can imagine as being something horrible. What do you say, David, to those who really do want to experience God, but they're scared to death of what it might cost them? (laughs) I'm scared to death of what it might cost (laughs) It can cost you your life, your fortune, your reputation, your dreams and hopes. All of us are faced with that same desire to have comfort, to be loved, to have all we want. Sometimes it goes to we want more power or more of this or more of that. And all of that's threatened when we say, Jesus, I will obey you at all costs. You know, the rich young ruler came to Jesus, said, what do I need to be saved? And Jesus said, sell everything. Hmm. And he didn't say that to everybody, but he said it to him. Because he knew that was that man's God. You have to put no God before me. And that rich young ruler couldn't do it. Hmm. He was afraid. And so for me, I'm also afraid because it may not be your life you lose. It may not even be your reputation you lose. You may just lose the thing. I wanted to do A. Why are you making me do B? I love A. And I think for me, the reason we do this, I want it to be in this order. Number one, 
we've submitted everything to God and saying, do you want us to do this? And then we feel that peace, yes. Okay, we're doing this because it's God's will for us. So that's spiritual. Second, we look at the situation of oppression. It's wrong, and we have the capacity in some places to help, so we should. That's intellectual. Oppression is wrong. You can do something about it. You should do it. That's yeah. intellectual reason to do this work. Third is emotional. We love these people. They love us. Sometimes they love us first, mm-hmm. and then we really love them. So it's our heart. And the last is our body. We like doing this work. I like the action of it. I like feeling useful, you know, whether you're pulling a tooth and relieving pain or bringing a shot person to a medic that saves their life or having a kid smile when you talk about Jesus and play games with them, telling someone's story who felt like no one cared or helping rebuild a church in Raqqa, Syria, or buying a new ambulance for some hospital that needs it because of very generous people in America. All that makes me feel useful. And I do like the action. I don't like getting shot. I don't like seeing my friends getting shot. It's horrible. But I like the physical ability. And for me, if I can just keep it spiritual first, intellectual and emotional second together, and physical last, then it's in the order I think God has for our lives. But I think that's true for all of us. Hmm. Our bodies are important. The needs of our bodies are very important. And if we put them behind God's will, we're going to get what we need. And we're not going to be addicted or dissatisfied. Hmm. Deep satisfaction and meaning and purpose. We know those things are wrapped up in following God's leading and obeying Him. And for your life, the obedience meant literally following Him to the very edge and not being ashamed of it. In fact, praising God for the opportunity to be with Him where He's doing His best work. So you've trained up many others. We started the program by talking about the number of teams you have currently in Burma and how the ongoing conflict is not relenting yet. You have, as you said, over 100 teams. How do we need to be focusing on praying for them, and what's the biggest challenge they face in the months to come? I think the prayer request for them is the same for me, to stay close to Jesus, to recognize our sin and ask for forgiveness, to receive that forgiveness, and to go in His power, Mm. a spiritual power. And then for the resources, whether it's supplies, food, clothing, that the teams need themselves, for themselves and their own families, as well as the supplies they need to be able to hand out to others in need. And then the other is protection from Satan and demons and bullets. Mm. And then the other is access. Some places like Syria are just hard to get into. So we need prayer for favor to be able to get in and help. I think those are our main prayer requests. And then for the people of Afghanistan, that God would strengthen the church and raise up a new government in Afghanistan that would change it for good. Those will be my prayer requests. Well, you wrapped in a nutshell all of the important places that we visited with you in the past three programs. So... As you continue to travel, you're going to be many places many times of the year. How much time off do you really take? Oh, <laughs> I don't consciously take that much time off. I try not to work on Sunday. You know, If I'm not on a mission, there's not fighting. So on Sunday, I'll go for a walk or a horse ride with the family and have a worship service in a church or with our family or in the jungle, wherever, and try to read and, and not work. That's kind of a part day off. Mm-hmm. But then in America, we do take a kind of time off. We like to climb and hunt and ride horses and surf. So, for example, we'll speak at a church on a Sunday in California. And then the next Monday morning, we'll go with a pastor if he surfs early in the morning and we'll surf <laughs> that whole morning. And then I'll Good. go to meetings in the afternoon. <laughs> and then we'll go up and let's say to Washington State. We'll speak at a church there and maybe a Wednesday night service. And then after Wednesday night service, we'll drive all night to some mountain. And then Thursday, we'll go to the base camp. Friday, we'll summit. Saturday, we'll come down to the car, jump in a river, take showers, and then drive somewhere for the next Sunday event. 
<laughs> so those are kind of our days off. And, you know, we could choose to lay by the beach, but that's not what we love the most. We love surfing and climbing and hunting in Alaska and whitewater and skydiving. I like every sport. I'm not really good at anything, but I love them all. Every now and then, we actually stop at one place and don't do any of the above. If I'm looking at an ocean and when that happens, I'm like, oh, God, thank you. There's nothing to do here for whatever reason. I'm just going to go for walks, play football with my kids on the beach, go swim and sleep. (laughs) That's very rare. But, you know, God gives us what we need. He really does. But that's a great question because in ministry, as in everything else, we can soon work very hard, especially in ministry, because you believe you're doing God's work. Mm -hmm. You can become a workaholic and do things God never asked you to do. So I'm glad you asked me that. And I'll just say this prayer. Lord Jesus, help me not to be a proud Christian Hmm. that has to do everything. Help the listeners be the same. And Lord, ask for the listeners, for mom, for everybody in compassion, and for me to take those days off that you give us and not disdain those or think we're too busy for them. And I need that help, Lord. And I just thank you for that question. So I, I admit I often don't take enough days. So I ask for your forgiveness and also for those days. And since I'm praying, God... Please bless compassion and also my two girls in college when mm-hmm. we go on this mission. Please bring us back together again afterwards yeah. in Jesus' name. Amen. There's important lessons there for all of us about Sabbath. I wasn't trying to poke you in a certain way to get to a certain answer. I just, I'm always very curious about how God keeps his people alive and restores them on the hoof. And even if you didn't have all of free Burma Ranger work in the world that you live in, just your family adventures alone would melt down a YouTube channel. You have a certain kind of intensity as a family that's unique, and it's very interesting to watch. But there is something to be said for God's adventure never shortchanging us. And sometimes adventures take us to places of rest that wouldn't seem to be restful to most of us, but they are for you because he made you that way. And finding that place that's a real sweet spot for you because God made you that way, I think it's the better part of discernment. Discovering the joys God has for you and the ways you rest, as well as the ways you play and the ways you work and the ways you worship. So thank you, David, so much about these lessons that you've taught us and your testimony and the word from the front lines in all these countries we've talked about. Is there any other closing thought you would like to give our Compassion Radio listeners? Well, I'm grateful. Grateful to God that he helps us in spite of ourselves. I'm grateful to Compassion for being so bold and yet humble in how you share about Jesus' love and his truths. I feel like I want to close with something that one of the Afghan leaders told me. He was telling me how betrayed he felt by America and sold out and disappointed. And he had good reasons to be. And he said, but please, America, please remember who you are. I care about you. I don't want you to fall. I care about you. I don't want you to fall because I love America and Americans. But know this. It's not just for your sake that you should be following God in righteousness. That's a blessing for you. But you are an indispensable nation. You are needed in this world. There is no other superpower that tries to do what's right or even talks about righteousness. Hmm. In spite of your many mistakes, you keep talking about doing the right thing in righteousness. Don't lose that because it's not just for your sake that you need blessing for your family. It's for the world's because without America, the world will be 10 times worse. Imagine the other superpowers if they take your place. They won't even debate what's right and wrong. They'll do only what's good for them. It'll be just chaos and evil. There'll be no example to look at. So you don't have to be perfect because you're not. Only God is. But follow him. Confess your sins. And it's for your sake and the sake of the world. And God has blessed you uniquely. Don't throw that away. And we're praying for you. 
So I really felt that was, to me, an inspiring message that we, we shouldn't give up. It's not just for America's sake we want to do what's right and be close to God. It's for the world's sake. God has made us a blessing to the world whenever we follow him. You know, like a friend of mine said when asked, are the Freedom Rangers good or bad? <laughs> and my friend said, when they follow God, Freedom Rangers are very good. When they don't follow God, they're very bad. <laughs> and so that's really true of us as individuals, as groups, and as nations. So I pray that we would follow God, starting myself, my organization. It's not really mine, but the organization I belong to and my country, America. Well, friends, you've heard it from Dave Eubanks' mouth. You want to be on the front lines of faith again, pray for your own country. And again, not for the benefit just to us, but knowing that God always pays forward his gifts and multiplies them through the people he gives them. We are good stewards if we will live out the calling and also pass it on to others. So David Eubank of the Free Burma Rangers, recently of Afghanistan, Tajikistan, and now off to Iraq and Syria, and then back to Burma. It's been quite a whirlwind for you this past couple of years, even during COVID times. Thank you for being willing to be out there on behalf of the entire church here in America. We just say, Godspeed, my friend. Keep safe as you go, but more importantly, take risks. We love you, and thank you so much for being on Compassion Radio today. Thank you, and I'll never forget walking through the blown-up rubble of Mosul as the battle went on, and your words comforted me and reinforced me, so Mm. thank you. Someday we'll have a face-to-face chance to meet and share those stories again. I would love it. I love it. Until that day, we're praying for you and your team, so thank you again, and go with God. Thank you, sir. Bye-bye. Our thanks again to David Eubank of the Free Burma Rangers. Always an inspiration. You can find out more about their work at freeburmarangers.org. To hear our podcast and to make your love gift, simply go to our website, CompassionRadio.com. Our toll-free number is 1-800-868-2478. You can also write us and send your gift by mail to Compassion Radio, P.O. Box 2770, Orange, California, 92859. I'm Bram Floria. God bless you, friends.